Hello and welcome to the Fintech Australia podcast, Finny Special, presented by Tier 1 People, leaders in fintech executive search. With the help of the Victorian government, Bogus and BPay, we're bringing you Australia's largest and most prestigious fintech awards yet. We want you to tune in and pick the winners. And this year, you can join in virtually, in person, or host your own office party. So wherever you are, let's come together and recognize the amazing people Aussie FinTech is renowned for. Registration for the awards event is now open. Go to thefinnies.org.au. I'm Dexter Cousins, and I'm joined by Paul Billing, who's here to tell you why you should vote for SendFX. But before we talk to Paul, Afterpay are sponsors of the Emerging Fintech Organization of the Year Award. Afterpay is on a mission to power an economy in which everyone wins. Shop now, enjoy now, pay later, interest-free with Afterpay. We thank everyone at Afterpay for their support at this year's Finneys. Welcome to the show, Paul, and congrats to everyone at SendFX for making it as finalist this year's Finneys. Yeah, thanks for having us, mate. Um... We're super humbled and really excited to be here. So thank you. Well, we're here to talk about your nomination for Emerging Fintech of the Year and the categories for businesses less than two years old. It's been a remarkable two years for the industry, and I'm delighted to be able to share your story and pitch to our listeners, Paul. Um, but let's talk about, first of all, how SendFX was founded. Send is obviously um, been two years in the making, but prior to that, you know, the, the leadership team, we've got 20 years plus experience across the space, right? So we've, we've been doing this a long time. And I think during that period, uh, we've grown big businesses to market leaders in Australia and, and subsequently in the UK prior to that. And I think for us, that we, we've always had a, a kind of laser focus on, on what's broken with the industry, but, but importantly, um, you know, how, who we want to help and how we want to help them. And those are businesses and their end consumers and, and really just helping them both the business and the then consumer get a better deal on their FX, right? Be it quicker, faster, and, and importantly, cheaper for them as well. So what is the big problem then that SendFX solves? Firstly, fundamentally, that there's a huge expense that the end consumer has to pay for sending money overseas, right? I think that the average globally is about 10% markup uh, across the industry. So every time you send funds, the, the actual real cost to you is about 10% of the amount you're sending. So it's pretty huge. So the fee pool in Australia alone is about $5 billion, and, and I think globally it's, it's currently it sits at about $250 billion at, at the cost of the consumer. So really that, that's, that's the, the thing that drives the industry, making getting a better and fairer deal for everyone from that fee pool. Um, but I think for us, you know, the, the reason – what prohibits change in that space is, is, is probably three core problems that, that, that prohibit um, that becoming a better deal for, for most end consumers. And that's, that's legacy tech, technology. It's high acquisition cost. But so these new disruptors that are coming into the space, they're, they're, they're very aggressive on Google, which means high end acquisition. Uh, and then they subsequently um, lose service elements across um, their platform, which we, we fundamentally disagree with, right? I think that. You know, for us as a business, what we're trying to do here is, is offer, you know, fantastic product, fantastic pricing, but not foregoing um, service, which I think is a bit of a forgotten art across our industry, if I'm honest. And, and for us, that's one of the key things that drives us, particularly when payments are super complex, right? It's, it's very important that we can 
we can support our customers and and our partners that we take to market in the best possible way. So, so who are your customers, Paul? Well, no, good question. I think that it fundamentally split into two. I mean, our, our primary focus is obviously blue chip enterprise partners. We take them to market um, and offer their their end consumers, uh, their, their audience, uh, a better deal on FX, right? So essentially, it's B to B to C. So for us, there's probably a, a few swim lanes in terms of what we prioritize. Obviously, you know, it's important for us to make sure that we've got great product, that we've got great pricing, uh, and we've got that service for that end consumer. But for our partner, it's it's a, it's it's equally about how do we uh, how do we reduce capex or opex considerations? How do we make them a market leader and, and share that success with them so it doesn't come at a risk to the business, particularly given kind of the whole world that we now live in, right? So for us. We had to go away and we, we had to build some great technology, some great products. We had to remove layers of cost and complexity, as I was talking about earlier, in order to be able to share that, that success with that partner. And then what you have is a really compelling piece for both the partner and their end consumer, where we're creating value for that business and then in some circumstances creating a new revenue stream, but for the end consumer still making sure that they get a far better deal than anywhere else. And that's really what Send does in a nutshell, right? Great. So it's been almost two years now. Where, where's the business at now in terms of people, backers, investment round? We've, we've been super lucky with, with everything that's going on in the world. We, it, we, we're growing fantastically well. You know, our transaction numbers are, are probably doubling kind of every couple of months with revenues growing 30% month on month. Um, you know, and as a team, we've, we've grown from, you know, Ian, Alexandra and I to, to probably 20 plus across two, three cities. Um, in Australia, it, you know, it's in, in a relatively short space of time. So uh, we're growing fantastically well. That, that's kudos to a great team, great product, um, but equally to some amazing partners. I mean, we've, we've probably got now close to 150 referring partners that are using Send. Um, and, and because of that, you know, we, we've been very robust throughout COVID as well, which is fantastic. So really supporting them and their clients get a better deal through these services. Well, let's talk about growth and, and competition. What is it that you would say you know makes your product better than the competition? Because there's so much of it, Paul. Um, it's you're in a very competitive space. Oh, agreed. Right. I, I suppose you know the, the the beauty of coming from this industry in the UK originally is it, it's always been a hyper competitive environment in Europe, right? And 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 I think in Australia and Australasia, it, it, the competition is definitely growing. That's something we're very comfortable with. So you know, for us, we we look at the industry, we look at some of the leaders in this space, and and for us, we, we've been very fortunate because of time and, and the way that technology has evolved over the last two years is, is, is huge, right? So what we can build now, what we've managed to build inside 18 months has taken businesses, you know, realistically five to 10 years and, and, and multi tens of millions of dollars where we've done it with a, a full stack team of five and, 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 and you know, subsequent supporting team around them, right? So we've, we've built well from a partnership point of view, which is that the businesses, these companies that we partner with, when you when you start to blend kind of SaaS with success, it's it's almost more of a JV than it is a SaaS model. Um, but for us, because of the the layers of of cost that we've um, diverted to service um, and and zero acquisition cost for client compared to our competitors, it means that we can do some really cool stuff in the middle, right? So we can do, um, you know, we can take these brands to market, be it kind of our marketing, via sales support. Uh, white label or or API or, or a variety of different products at little to no cost to them, right? So 
I think when we come up against some massive brands in RFIs and, and, and others where we are essentially the youngest and smallest business, we're, we're super compelling in comparison to them, right, for those reasons. Build cost to, to onboard, market-leading product, uh, and a lot of support and, and some really good stuff in the middle, which these guys just simply aren't set up to do. Um, and, and I think from, from that end consumer piece, what we have to deliver, for, again, for the partner and both the consumer, it, it has to be comparable to you know the, the, the transfer wises or the revolutes of this world or the air wallets where they have you know it's all about speed it's all about product and and these guys you know we really um, you know look up to them in some ways in terms of they they set the benchmark and for us we have to deliver that essentially we have to give a transfer wise or revolute off the shelf to these partners that we that we onboard right so um, I think that's where we really differentiate is that you know it, it's how we take these blue chip companies to market and 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 still offering great pricing and, and great product, which we don't believe anyone else is is, is doing a, a good job of that at all, other than us. You you kind of touched on this, I think, a, a couple of times around COVID. There been any any kind of impacts on the business that you you've seen, um, and and if so, how have you responded? Yeah, look, I think that um, you know we, we we definitely aren't a travel card company you know as a lot of people in our space tend to kind of over rely on i think that and subsequently that that industry has been really hurt right without travel mm-hmm. there is real no need for that um, particular product we, we typically focus on immigration remittance um you know and smes so th- these these industries are still happening and in some instances they're thriving right um supporting family overseas has become one of the key drivers for for overseas payments as of late um, but for us, from that partnership piece, it, it's very well known, right, that obviously businesses now that were thinking um, kind of dipping their toe in the water in regards to kind of digitally transforming their business are now uh, doubling down. Uh, I, I suppose for us, we've seen huge upside in that because what we offer is obviously is that digital solution. However, if we look at the kind of capex and opex costing to the business when it's essentially zero, it's based on success. We're probably the, the the least low risk business out there for that. Uh, so what that means is is that you know some of these businesses that we've been speaking to, you know, for six, twelve months, maybe longer, uh, are really kind of start to ramp up their interest in getting the, these um, these offerings to market. So if anything, we, we our problem and and is actually a really good problem to have is that our our backlog of opportunity. Um, means that we're going to have to, you know, it's almost like the duck analogy, isn't it, right? really, where we're trying to be calm, but our, our legs are scrambling under the water, right? We've, we've probably got to move and scale a little bit quicker than we first envisioned, which is, is a great problem to have. And we're, we're kind of super humbled by that. But, so COVID, in some ways, has, has, has compacted our pipeline of, of large partnerships that we're working on. How would you see yourself positioned for future growth? And, and what are your plans um, that you've got for expansion? Uh, our job is to, is to take blue chip companies to market and and their audiences, right? And, and and subsequently, that means that we can scale very quickly and cost efficiently w- without um, a huge reliance on on PPC or, or, or marketing. So, I suppose our growth is is reliant on on a few key partners and 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 taking them to market and growing that opportunity for them, making sure we're front of mind for their end consumer. Uh, and then following really those partnerships overseas, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand is, is actually is, is paramount to our success initially. And, and we've probably got a, a backlog of five to 10 partnerships with, with huge ARR opportunity in them. Um, but equally, 
there are opportunities in in the, in the Philippines, in, in India, Singapore, in, and in Europe where we we've got these partnerships we're talking to that, that essentially need our help. We've just got to get to them as soon as we can. So we, whilst um, Australia is probably uh, our initial focus, we're, we're definitely not just an Australian business, and and we are thinking bigger. And and, it, and overseas expansion is definitely a huge part of that. If if we want to make sure that we're helping as many people as we can. Great. So, Paul. Um, this is the People's Choice Award. Why should people vote for SendFX? Well, look, I think, um, you know, I said this in tongue-in-cheek when we, we first realized we'd been, um, we've been nominated, right? I think that we, we recognize absolutely that we are the underdog. We're probably one of the smallest brands um, or, or perceived recognized brands in that shortlisting, right? Which is, which is great. So it's kudos to the team and, and what a great job they've done. But I think, you know, it's also probably validation for, for why the, the, you know, people should take the time to vote for SEND is, is what we've managed to build from a, you know, from an IP point of view, from technology and, and, and a product um, perspective is incredible. Uh, you know, it's taken brands 10 years um, to, to build the banking network, to build the, the AML, CTF governance, the, the compliance programs that we have inside 18 months, right? So, you know that that in itself speaks volumes for the team that we've got, um, and it also means that we can scale the business fantastically well. You know, we're we're talking realistically we'll be cash flow positive within kind of the next six to twelve months, whereas others are still kind of clambering towards that milestone kind of five to ten years later. So, um, I, I really do believe product team. Um, and, and what we're trying to do with these businesses to help everyone get a better deal um, is, is paramount to, to why you should vote for Send. It's, we are the smallest company. We've managed to do this on a shoestring budget and um, and scale a business that is now working with some of the most recognized brands across Australia um, and, and making sure that their kind of millions of customers get a better deal on, on all things payments related. So, um, yeah, it's very much that underdog story, right? I think that's the only way that I can describe it. but what we've done is, is real and, and what we've built is fantastic. And that shouldn't be overlooked from a, from a technology and, and product standpoint as well. So super proud of the team in that regard. Well, thanks for joining us today, Paul. And good luck to SendFX in the finals. If you'd like to vote for Send and join the celebrations on the night, go to thefinnies.org.au. Thanks again, Afterpay, sponsors of the Emerging FinTech Organization of the Year Award. <laughs>